1: Good večer, and welcome to the Bohemican Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dow. Good evening from the capital city of Prague and welcome to the Bohemican Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dow from the History of Germany Podcast. Tonight we're going to do something a little bit different than we we'll usually do on our podcast when we're talking about death mayhem and all the other things that go with uh, talking about history of the Czechs and bohemia we're going to talk about the lighter side of things by taking a tour across the city of of Prague and experience the pub life that's here and so we want to kinda give a a good experience of what that's like And one of my buddies here that that I that I've met a, a Canadian that's that's not from the west part of Canada is here with us tonight and through the course of this program this evening Travis and I will be talking to Mike and I will also be taking our listeners to various pubs across Prague to experience the different atmospheres that are out there. So tonight, I want to introduce you, Mike McGuffey. Mike, thanks for joining us on the Bohemian Podcast.
2: Hi there. Nice to be here.
1: Mike, tell us a bit about your background. Uh, that uh, when you first came here from Canada, you were kind of here in the heady days of post Velvet Revolution Prague, where it was pretty much the Wild West, if you will. There was a, not a lot of rules. There was a lot of things that that uh, maybe a lot of trouble you can get yourself into here uh, as an expat. What was what was the life like here in the nineteen
2: nineties? Uh, I came in 96 as a student for six weeks, and I'm, I'm still here after 19 years. Uh, and yeah, it was pretty crazy back in the 1990s. It was a, a very much a situation if you wanted to do something, you did it first and then uh, asked for permission later. Uh, when it came to businesses or work or... Anything you wanted to do, you just you just went ahead and did it, and uh, for most part got away with it.
1: So, Mike, we had a chance um, through through uh, basically about five or six months to kind of go to certain certain pubs, certain bars, and and try experience a few things, and and. Uh, as I said during the course of the program tonight, or, uh, we're going to go talk about some of these things and, and about what it's like to the, have the different atmospheres that you go uh, from one end of town to the other and the different type of bars that are out there. And uh, you know, Travis, you've also got a chance to kind of go around the city of Prague and, and see certain pubs and whatnot. What would you say is one of the, the underlying factors that makes a, a Czech pub unique compared to the other pubs you've probably been to uh, around the world?
3: A little gritty. Uh, it's Kind of the pubs I seek out, uh, even if I'm back in the states, it's it's something I like and enjoy. Kind of, uh, you get a nice little cross section of life, let's say. I think I would second that, and Mike, you, when when you go into a pub, what's the first thing that you,
1: you kind of look to say? You know, what this is a place I want to go back to. What's the first thing that you kind of say? This is this is where I want to come back to, uh, because it's uh, it, it feels it has a good atmosphere or it's, it's got a good clientele or or maybe just a good beer.
2: I try to go for the kind of places that I think. Uh don't exist anywhere else. Um, I think there's there's places you can certainly go in any other city in, in Europe or the US these days, you could walk into the pub and you could be anywhere in the world, it would be exactly the same. Uh, these are the kind of joints I really kind of avoid. Um, as it comes to something that's more specific Czech, uh, the more traditional thing is, and, and you can go back and read uh, stuff from uh, uh, Josef Škorecki, he talks about a Czech pub in Toronto that nobody in Canada understood. But it's bright lights, uh, smoky, uh, no music, and communal tables. And these are just really the three kind of key things. And also you get get animals, you know, you get your pets show up and children can be around and grandparents, but it's a full cross section of society from educated to uneducated ditch diggers, everything all shows up in the same place. It's, it's, it's very much part of a, it's a very communal type of thing. Very much part of a, 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 every neighborhood has one of these kinds of joints.
1: One of the, the times that we actually had a, a chance to hang out together, Mike, we were actually taking a tour around uh, uh, the Prague Castle and we decided to slip into this place uh, called Oceni Vola which uh, is a very interesting pub. Uh, when I first got in there, I was like, wow, this is most likely, what many people would call a dive in certain places. However, to be fair to the place, it still had a lot of character, which I liked a lot. Just it kind of explains the reasons why that you like this place in a lot of ways. It also had a place uh, of of uh, uh, for locals that you pretty much didn't want to kind of go into that part of the bar. But very communal, you know, a couple of big long tables, wooden tables. Dark, smoky, a little bit there. Uh, high ceilings. That, you know, this place has probably been around architecturally for a long, long time, and uh, it's, uh, it has a feeling of history to it. So, we're going to go to that audio right now, and our, our time with Mike McGuffey, uh, and our time at the Black Ox. All right, Mike, Mike McGuffey. So we're uh, we're in the uh, the Castle area right now, and we're uh, in a in a place that is, is near and dear to your heart. Tell me a little bit about uh, this place, the name of it, and. Uh, and uh, what the atmosphere is like here.
2: Uh, This is the uh, Ucenia Vola, which is uh, the Black Ox. Um, It's one of the only pubs really left around this whole castle area that is a real local place where locals hang out. There's a table sitting in the corner for the Stammgastier, the regulars. If you're not a regular, you never sit there. Uh, The waiters are pretty surly, the smoke is fairly thick, Uh, and there's a cultural association created a couple years ago to preserve this pub. It looks uh, looking at the ceiling and then the walls. It, it really definitely
1: has a medieval atmosphere to it here, and it uh, I'm sure is is not only this popular among the tourists that are coming to see the castle, Prague Castle, but also the locals, right? So the locals kind of fill this place in during the, uh, the during the weekdays.
2: Oh yeah, sure. On the week on the weeknights, this is only locals in here. If you're a tourist, if you walk in the door as a tourist, they're all just going to glare at you and, 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 and make you wish you'd never came in. <laughs> I mean, this is a good, it's a good pub, right? All right, so, so what are we drinking here today? I know what I'm drinking, so I'm driving, so it's, but what are, you, what are you having? Oh, this is Kozel, Velkobobivski Kozel, from uh, uh, it's about 35 kilometers outside of Prague. It's a commercial beer these days, unfortunately, but it's, it's, it's all right for a dirty little pub. So it's it's pretty much the atmosphere here is what, what's going on, right? Yeah, it's, it's cheap and effective, yeah.
1: What about the food? What are we having to eat here tonight?
2: Oh, you got sausages and fried things. That's it. <laughs> Nothing gourmet here that's awesome <laughs>
1: all right thanks mike <laughs> all right mike um you've been there several times what is your favorite part of that of that uh
2: of this of this pub uh, the absolute nastiness of the waiters for most part uh, we had a really good experience when we were there but uh for most part, you come in um, and, and yeah they're just they're just nasty they got no time for you if they think you're just a tourist uh passing through You'll get what you want, but uh, they're not going to be terribly friendly about the whole thing.
1: So that kind of explains a little bit. When I looked at the uh, menu and said, "What's good here? What's... Hmm, <laughs> I, I didn't get a quite a, a helpful selection help from from this guy. <laughs> if, I rem- if I remember correctly, I kind of got the stink eye a little bit, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was one type of pub that we went to, and there there was another another pub that's actually in a um, kind of a more area that would be considered maybe gentrified, which is Carlene, which is a, a a community that's right on the Vltava River that's in Prague. Pretty much very close to Prague one, and go on the border of Prague eight, right? So it's kind of a maybe an old mill village at one point, maybe during the turn of the of the 20th century. So it has been somewhat gentrified. It's got a nice little shops and now, and and but one place that was kind of interesting is just just a regular run-of-the-mill pub we were at one night, and that was in Karlin, and that was it was called Usati, and uh, we tried to figure out what that what that actually meant. Was it a house? Was it some below the hill? A sled. Sled. At the sled. Yeah, it was at the sled, which I suspect has something to do with the uh, Vitkov Hill being behind it. Vitkov Hill is the, the big hill that's got the largest equestrian statue in, in the world of uh, of one of the famous uh, uh, generals, Zhishka is on the top of that hill, so it, this is right below that, and I guess that would make sense that uh, you know, sled. I guess you could sled down that hill, right? Yeah. So so we'll go to that audio now, and we to got a chance to talk to Mike and uh, another friend of ours, Lou, and get her experience about what it's like to go to pubs. Okay, Lou, we're actually here at Usani, which is uh, check for the Sled, the street of the Sled, because we're at the base of uh, Vitkov Hill, I guess, basically over here. So uh, it's just a little pub in a little town called Carlene. So uh, what are you drinking tonight?
4: Uh, Bilovino. White wine? White wine.
1: Fantastic. How many pubs do you get to go out to uh, during the course of a, a month or so? Do you get? Do you like to, to try out new places?
4: Uh, I'm more a restaurant and bar kind of girl than a pub kind of gal.
1: So not so much beer, but more of the wine aspect of things, right? Okay. So it's kind of a lively group in here, but a little smoky, a little uh, little loud. But, um, you're from Australia. Tell us what the pub experience is like compared to what it is here in in Czech Republic.
4: Wow, you put me on the spot. (laughs) The pubs in Australia are kind of similar. Everyone's drinking beer, getting drunk, eating pub food, but, um... They're not so old. <laughs> I mean, that's not a good or bad thing. It's like the pubs are a little more modern, a little, I don't
1: know. So, do the pubs have more character here in Czech Republic than they do back home in Australia?
4: You could say that, but it's not like the pubs back home don't have characters, it's just a different character. It's like the pubs here have a more like authentic, old-fashioned style, historical.
1: Would you say that uh, is a good, uh, pub's a good place for an expat to kind of get to know other local Czechs and traditions here?
4: Definitely. Especially if you like beer, especially if you want to meet Czech people, and then especially if you want to get in touch with Czech culture. Thanks, Lou. Anytime, Pete.
1: Some of uh, Travis, you know, we've gone out to many places for lunch around around this joint. And so you know, it's one uh, one of my favorite dishes. Of course, will be the duck with cabbage and and you know dumplings on the side of it. That'll make, a nice little lunch to me make you want to take a nap afterwards, right? Uh, what's one of your favorite dishes
3: at, at maybe a traditional Czech pub? So yesterday I had the duck and it, and it was delicious. Um, my favorite Czech meal, I one time. Uh, years ago, had a home-cooked svichkova, which on the menus were translated as roast beef, but it's this peculiar, um, almost like pulled beef. I mean, it's slow-cooked beef with or boiled, yeah. But it's, it should just fall apart, yeah. and um, it's just really tender. And then they kind of put a lemon on it, and some whipped cream, and some cranberries or something. And then it has the the bread dumplings or potato dumplings and uh, sometimes sauerkraut, often. Now, the thing is, the reason that's a trick question is because whatever you get at the pub is not that. So it's called svichková, and it can be good, but it's nothing like home-cooked, obviously. But yeah, I mean, I would say that's, that's that would be my answer. Um, if, I'm, if I'm at a sketchy pub, and I, but I kind of trust the kitchen, I'll go for Moravsky vrabets, which translate as Moravian Sparrow. It's like little pieces of pork, actually. But that can be delicious. Um, oh yeah, but there's there's plenty of options out there. Goulash soup. One of my uh, most interesting dishes I was given was more of a snack, which was ulama's
1: cheese. Uh, it makes you kind of t- tear up a little bit, a little bit of a crying. It, it's to say it's flavor flavorful or potent. Might be, uh, might be a pungent thing, but a very pungent uh, cheese. Uh, It goes well after a few bites with some pivo. (laughs) You gotta get used to it though at first. Uh, What are some very interesting bits of food? And this is actually probably a great, great offshoot for having another podcast on Czech food in general. Mm -hmm. But since we're talking about pubs tonight, I think this is probably pretty important that you want an accoutrement to go with your. Your Pivo sometimes, and what would you say would be something that of interest that would be a, a good combination with a with maybe a 12
2: degree uh, uh, beer? I kind of like the uh, uh, a really good Náchodní uh, hermelin which is the uh, it's a, a, a Czech version of a brie that's uh, marinated garlic and some bit of uh, uh, paprika and chili and stuff in there. That can be really really good. Night, little uh, if you get some hot sauce on it, it, make it's it's not orthodox, but it's still really good with some hot sauce. Uh, another one is beer cheese, which I haven't. Yeah, you don't see so much anymore, but uh, beer cheese was sort of a soft cheese that gets served to you uh, with some mustard, paprika sprinkled on it, and the idea is you pour a bit of beer on it, mash it up, and spread it on some bread, and eat that with your beer, and that's good stuff too, but you really don't see that much anymore.
1: Now, I have seen this. I haven't tried it, and I've heard it's delicious, but it's not good for, uh, I guess, Weight Watchers sort of club issues, but it's, it's, it's in you're in the Czech Republic, so you're going to have to kind of put that stuff to a side, um, uh, and uh, it's, it's the actual taking of fat for, that you cook, right, and you spread it over
2: uh, toast, all right? So maybe you can talk a little bit about that, because that, that looks interesting. That's actually really delicious. I, when I was a kid, I couldn't stand eating fat. I it was the most horrible thing in the world. Uh, and then I made a trip to Italy, and I had uh, uh, some lardo, which is just bacon, but it's just the fat of the bacon. And they slice it really thin, put it in a piece of bread. Delicious. And then since then, I'm all for it. It's a uh, uh, they make a. a From uh, Sadlo, which is just lard. Um, Sometimes it's got chunks of uh, roasted pork in it. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, But with a bit of salt on on some toasted bread or maybe scraped with a piece of garlic first is wonderful. Really, really good stuff.
1: You had me at chunks. (laughs) (laughs) Delicious. All right. So we, we got a little off track here from this one last bar that I want to want to take our listeners to. Uh, Pivovarski Pivo Um uh, Mike, maybe you can set it up a little bit. I know we probably talked about it on this audio, but uh, maybe set up a little bit why this bar was somewhat uh,
2: – some personal history for you. I think they probably opened up in 97, and it was uh, if very likely the first brew pub in Prague. Uh, Novomiski Pivovar might have been first. I'm not sure. Um, but a very – very cleanly done. Um, it was, I would say probably the first of the modern Czech pub. Mike, our favorite little
1: Canadian that's uh, taking us around a beer tour of Prague. And Mike, we're here at, a,
2: at an establishment that has got some history for you. Can you tell us a little bit about this place? Well, yeah. This is Pimovarsky Doom, which is like a brewery house. I think it opened up in late 97. I had my wedding party here in 1998. That was pretty much the first real brew pub in Prague. And this
1: place has it's known for for its uh, kind of flavored beer. It's got some fruit flavored beer these days. Have have you any experience with that type of brew?
2: I actually don't like the flavored beers so much. So they they do a nettle beer, they do a coffee beer, a banana beer. They made a chili beer a few years ago that was actually really quite nice. Um, But for the most part, I prefer like the clean beers, the ones that are just, you know, hops, barley, water. We're actually sitting down here,
1: kind of in the basement area of all this. It seems like there's several level, levels of this place, and once a street view that you can see right off the tram tracks, right. You know, when you come down here, and uh, um, how many people do you think you can fit this place? It's, it's, it's kind of a big place in that sense.
2: I think down well, we probably had like 30, 35 people down here. Probably the same upstairs. And There's another separate room probably for about 20 people off the side as well. Yeah, it's probably it's, it's yeah, probably got 100, 120 people in here. Yeah. What's your favorite beer that they serve here? Just the regular Le Jacques, the regular Czech pilsner uh, uh, style beer. Okay.
1: It looks uh, pretty pretty uh, clear beer in that sense. And it, uh, how, What's the flavor like? Actually,
2: it's not. It's, it's, it's one of the first unfiltered beers you were getting in the Czech Republic back in the day. See that? See that? A little cloudy. I do. It's a little cloudy in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're getting your esters in there and you're getting nice aromas off it. It's, no, it's it, it, Stepan. They call it Stepan. Stephen. It's good stuff. Okay. So remember that, or Stephen when you come here,
1: not Ben, or Stefan, if you will, right? Thanks, Mike. No problem. Actually, making a way out of there um, uh, was interesting. As, as many of our listeners know, uh, I'm a wheelchair user, and um, getting to certain pubs in, in, uh, in Prague is a challenge. Uh, there's a way you can find a way to do it. And For this particular place, it was accessible, but I had to take a, a ramp to an elevator to a cargo elevator down a couple corridors, past the trash chute, and then <laughs> then down into into this into this basement. I didn't think I was coming back. You know, Mike, one of my favorite stories that you told me on this kind of bar tour that we've done in the past few months is the is, uh, story about the drunk tram. <laughs> I can actually see this. They don't have this anymore for various reasons we talk about in this next piece. But, uh, you know, Travis, I don't, are you familiar with the drunk tram? Have you heard stories about it? Is this the party tram? The
3: party tram. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I've seen that roll by a couple of times. Yep. Oh, yeah. So those of you that uh, that come to Prague, one of the
1: first things that you see is uh, the, the eclectic sort of co- uh, combinations of tram and transportation that you see here. Uh, this is a city of mass transportation. Uh, you really don't need to be driving here unless you absolutely have to. As a matter of fact, it's a good way to kind of meet people and, and uh, experience real Prague. Uh, when you jump on a bus or one of the newer trams or, if you're lucky enough, one of the older Trams that are, should be in museums, but they're very pretty to see because they're they're functional and uh, is a throwback to the old days. Uh, and some of these trams uh, uh, were given at one point the designation of a party tram uh, after certain hours. I assume that uh, were allowed for people to drink on the tram and have a good time. We're going to go to this audio right now and kind of give you an idea of what Mike and I talked about with this tram back in the day when it was uh, functional and some of the problems that uh, uh, that occurred from from drinking libation on a tram in the middle of Prague. Tell us about the, uh, the party trams and back in the day in the late 90s.
2: Oh, I think it must have been about like 90, 98, 99 or something. Somebody was, somebody was renting trams, they'd install a DJ, and I think the deal was you, you paid your fee to get on the tram, and it was free beer on the tram. So it was all canned beer and it was you know, nice and cool but the DJs there, the lights are going and you'd be travelling through the different neighbourhoods and all these old people, all the old resident Czechs would be looking up at the windows going, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and it sounded like a really good idea and you'd be travelling along through the city and the DJs would be all right until you realise that free beer has an effect and I think the first stop they pulled off into Holoshevitska um, Terznica they pull off into the park there the tram doors open and the entire party, runs out into the forest and pees on the trees.
3: <laughs>
2: so about a 15-20 minute break for people to pee on the trees. Everybody gets back on the tram, you're back at it again, uh, and the tram continued through the city, winding around, and it was, uh, I think, up on near the, the, the far end of Vinoradska near Zhelewskiho. Again, there's a turnaround. <laughs> the tram pulls off and everybody just evacuates and pees in the park gets back on again Uh, travels back into the center again I think the whole party winded up at Nebe in the end it was free entrance into Nebe at the end of the party but it was probably about two and a half three hours of just riding the tram around the city with a DJ uh, and and drinking free beer and voiding where they can (laughs) yeah yeah, hopefully not out the window (laughs) that's
1: great all right, so I think we we painted a pretty good picture, Mike, uh, about that, and and thank you for telling us that story. I never knew that story. I didn't, unlike Travis, I never got to see that when I first moved here for about four years ago. And uh, <laughs> uh, just the thought of, of people having to stop the tram and, and go off to relieve themselves in the bushes is a is a thought I just can't I can't unhear. I can't unsee in my in my mind my mind's eye uh, <laughs> during the course of Prague. But one thing on on a serious on a more serious note. Uh, that there are people that um, probably do too much of the PIVO and there is a zero tolerance driving with alcohol, any alcohol in your blood, nothing, not a point what one whatever, nothing. So you got to be very careful of that. And a lot of people carry breathalyzers around with them, personal breathalyzers. So if they do have to drive, they can do that. What else can they do, Mike? There's there's one thing, you, there's one service that you can call here to maybe if you drove someplace and you have too much to drink. You don't want to just get the risk of having your license taken away, so who do you call?
2: Yeah, it was a company started up, I'm guessing five or six years ago, uh, Modri Angel, which is a blue angel. And uh, yeah, you call them, uh, they show up with a a car, and uh, they drive you and your car home. You give them the keys, and off they go with you. And it's actually, from what I know, it's not too much more than a regular taxi. Travis,
3: have you uh, taken part in the Modri, uh, Modri Angel? no I'm a, I'm a public transport guy myself, but uh i, I know it exists yeah it it's it, it is a public transport sort of sort
1: of city so if you do have too much to drink there's ways to get home that way and and, and walking around however there's always once in a blue moon you sleep on there, you sleep on a tram. <laughs> you could sleep on a tram. Um, I was thinking more of a, of a bad situation. You could walk across tram tracks and not realize where you are, and and that on occasion has happened to certain people. Uh, it's not often, but uh, you, you you do hear that you do hear it uh, uh, that happening. So hopefully that's not something that you experience here when you come to Prague to see that. It's, it is a great city. They love their beer. They love the the, the people that they have here, and there's also a, an atmosphere of greetings when you go into a pub. Uh, uh, if you know people, I, mean, I probably wouldn't do this if you went
2: to someplace and go, hey. <laughs> or if you don't know people. The old joke was to walk into any pub that was full of people and just go, yo, John, Hanzo. And about half the bar was going to turn around and be confused because the name Jan is very common. What's, what's, a, what's a great greeting to, uh, to give to somebody when you haven't seen them in a while? <laughs> oh, the Czech one. Nazdar. Yeah, there's some sort of nat, uh, nationalist sort of connotations to it that I don't quite understand because I'm not genetically Czech yet. Well, we actually have
1: have mentioned that on a, on a couple of podcasts before, Travis. And, Travis, you can take it away with this one. It's a long history with the word Nasdar.
3: Uh, so Nasdar was the old Sokol greeting. And the, that's this massive gymnastic movement that we, we bring up. Now, we did a show on it, actually. Um, and it kind of led to their independence from Austria-Hungary. Because that that was the beginning of their um, of their military. You know, we mentioned like all the so-called terms or militaristic terms, and that wasn't necessarily on accident. So yeah, there's a nationalistic feel about the so-called movement, just like there is about hockey, and Nasdar was associated with that, and so it lives on today, basically.
1: You know, when you when you hit glasses together and you say something, you know, there's always that, that thing of saying, you know, Skål if you're in Sweden, uh, or cheers, you know, uh, those type of things. What do we say here in, in Prague in the Czech Republic?
2: Na <laughs> zdraví, which is to your health, and sometimes just ciao.
1: Mike, any last words about uh, some of the pubs that we have here that in, in Prague that you would like to mention or kind of throw in a couple uh, uh,
2: tidbits out? There's one place right in, in the Jewish quarter where you have to go down the stairs. It's Upevrnetz. Uh, and there's all these cartoons drawn on the walls and very scatological cartoons drawn on the walls. If you go to the, the pub on the street level, uh, you're probably going to get overcharged and get some pretty nasty food. If you go down the stairs into the basement, um, that's where the real joint is. And again, smoky, nasty, everything else like that. And I and in the 1990s, I used to go there and uh, have the cheap because it, it, the the Jewish part of town is, is uh, very touristy. Um, So it's hard to find a place to eat, a place to drink around there. I learned an awful lot of Czech um, trying to decipher those cartoons on the walls of Upevrnets. And, and, Mike, you've also mentioned that
1: if if you really want to get really involved and kind of be able to fit in a little bit better, it, it, especially with the language, and as a foreigner coming in, this is not an easy language to learn, but if you kind of get yourself in there and start, you know, into a pub and start kind of maybe making some small talk here and there, you can pick up a lot of things, right?
2: Oh, sure. You put an effort into it, and people are happy to help you out. Uh, I think it's like anywhere else in the world. If you, if you walk into the idea that everybody should speak your language, uh, you're going to get your, you know, People are not going to appreciate that very much, and, and Czechs are well aware that it is a difficult language, uh, hard to get your head around. Um, and in a pub atmosphere, that's a great place to learn it. Everybody has a few beers; they loosen up a little bit. And uh, I used to say for years, my Czech was much better after three beer than than uh, before.
1: Well, Mike, uh, Travis, I want to thank you for joining us on the Pahemican Podcast tonight. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, we work with Mike. He's always he's just an awesome guy to hang out with, and and uh, also a fountain of knowledge <laughs> every time we talk over over the coffee, you know, the coffee and in the office. And uh, so, you know, we want to thank you all for for listening tonight and to the Bohemican Podcast. Uh, Please remember to find us on Facebook or our new Bohemican YouTube channel, bohemican.com, which is the website, or podcastnick.com, which is kind of an umbrella uh, uh, website that covers all the projects that Travis and I both do, and that's podcastnick.com. That's nik.com uh, for the complete view of all our projects going on right now, which are there are a ton, Travis, right? We've got a, a lot of your shows. Go and mention a couple of your shows while we have a second.
3: Yeah, the, the newest one is The Secret Cabinet, where we deal with kind of risque artifacts from history uh, that were generally kept away from the public. Should I mention some examples or, okay, because uh, <laughs> you, you're, you're going to lose the, the clean rating on iTunes. Um, but another one is the History of Germany podcast, which is both both of the ones I just mentioned are in English and German. And then there's always the History of Alchemy podcast, which is a big fan favorite.
1: All right, Travis. So for Travis Dow, I'm Pete Coleman saying goodnight from Prague. You have been listening to the Bohemian podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dow. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes and much more information about history, traditions and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe and review and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemian podcast, thank you for listening.
0: 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with shopify get a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com work shopify.com slash work botox cosmetic out of botulinum toxin a fda approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if botox cosmetic is right for you